Welcome to Men Are Nuts, a podcast about mental health, emotional health, psychological health and physical health awareness in men and society. First, it started with MAN, acronym Men Are Nuts. And we have a very special guest on the show for you today. Can you introduce yourself? Yes, thanks for having me, Andy. Uh, My name's Sophie, Sophie Coulthard. Uh, and I'm a co-founder of a company called Fiddleleaf, and we are a well-being and personal development platform. Platform. And whereabouts are you? <laughs> whereabouts are you? I am in Putney in southwest London. Are you from Are you from London originally? Well, no. My dad was in the army, so I moved around quite a lot as a right. kid. So I feel like I've got a bit of a mix of accents. A lot of people ask me if I'm from Essex, but, um, <laughs> but I'm, I would say mostly London. You would say the only way is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so tell us a little bit about uh, you know, you know, the, the, me, the listeners about Putney. Well, it's a really nice suburb. Uh, I would say leafy suburb of London. You get all the benefits of being able to easily access central London through buses, trains, tubes, but you're also very close to a lot of parks. So we've got Wimbledon Common at the end of our road, which I like to go and run around. And um, it's quite, it, it's, it's like the wilderness. Wimbledon Common, um, yeah. lots of kind of scrubland and stuff. So it's it's quite um, moody, I'd say, but it's quite nice to go and have a run. Right. Um, and we're close to the river, so we've got the the um, boat race once a year, which was cancelled this year. But yeah, uh, yeah no, it's a, it's a really nice place to live. Right. Okay. And how long have you been living there? Did you say? I've probably been here about five years or so. And is it a place that you're calling home? It is, yeah. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think I'd like to stay here. Um, I mean, obviously, London is can be an expensive area to live, so maybe at some point move outwards. But no, I like it here. I think you get the best of everything because you've got local, good local restaurants and things like that. But you're you're really close to central as well. Right. Okay. So, mm. what for you for you at the moment living in UK and. London what's it like at you know at this like say precise moment but for the last how many weeks since we've had this virus and things like that yeah I feel like this is something that a lot of people are asking me as well particularly friends that aren't from London because they're obviously they're saying London is the hot spot for coronavirus and that you know things things are kind of really tough here it's obviously very quiet um But obviously after the initial kind of panic buying and and all of that died down, it's actually, it's okay. I mean, the roads are quiet, the supermarkets are pretty empty, so it's quite easy to get everything that you need and get about. And I've not had to travel at all on any public transport or anything like that. I mostly work from home anyway. So to be honest, it's not been that different than normal life for me. Yeah, yeah. So you're... So basically, this this is it's, been, it's pretty quiet around. It's not. Is it normally mm. bustling? It, it, the, that place in in a, in a sense is London's quite bustling anyway. But is putting yes. a bustling part, part of the um, city. 
I'd say so. I mean, we, we I actually live on the one of the big commuter roads into central London as mm. well. So normally we have a lot of traffic, which has yeah. completely died down. Um, so yeah, it's, and, and normally our, we've got different shopping centres, they'd normally be quite busy, and obviously we've only got supermarkets open at the moment. Um, and it, you just have to you just have to think about it. If you try to go shopping on a Saturday morning, then there's going to be big queues. If you go on a, you know, a Wednesday morning or a Tuesday morning, then you can pretty much get around no problem. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a different feel in London than what it normally has. I haven't ventured in. I do have friends that have sort of gone on bike rides and, you know, we are allowed to get out for exercise here and they might have gone for a bike ride. A bit more central, um, and, and I've seen photos of things like, you know, Buckingham Palace and Leicester Square, just completely empty. Yeah. Uh, but I've not been myself. Yeah. So, because we're hearing, we're hearing a few stories about people um, kind of getting out more um, mm. the further we've gone. Are, are you finding that now, or is, it, or is it just still the same for you? You know, for you in a sense, you haven't gone out more, but have you, are you noticing there's a more over the last week? Yes, I have noticed more traffic over the past week. I tend to go for a run about the same time, um, normally sort of early 8am or sort of 5, 6pm. And I've definitely noticed that there's more cars on the road. So I do feel like people are out more. Um, Yeah, I don't know if people are starting to get a bit restless or people are going back to work. I'm not sure. So... Yeah, yeah. We've, you, I've invited you on the, you know, the, the podcast. I mean, you know, I'm glad you've accepted um, to talk about <laughs> your your thoughts on health, well-being, mental health, psychological health, men, women, children, boys, girls. <laughs> what What's your take on What's your take on mental health, and what's your journey been like, or you know, your thoughts? Yeah, so my journey in terms of well-being, I would say that I've I've probably been quite lucky in that I've never really struggled with my own mental health. I, I, I've definitely had moments and incidents and, you know, traumatic events in my life that have caused uh, periods of, of um, diminished <laughs> well-being and mental health. But I, I would say that more or less, um, my, my sort of journey started really when I got introduced to a piece of science um, which was a, a Nobel Prize nominated awareness, self-awareness tool that sort of raises your awareness to your strengths, your development areas and also various well-being areas as well and I think when I first got involved with it I don't think I was a very self-aware person I was in my sort of early to mid 20s I I, I don't know many many people in their early 20s that are probably you know very self-aware you've got a lot going on when you're at that age Um, and I was suddenly kind of thrown into this sort of understanding of how I ticked what what my strengths were which I'd never really thought about and also I had a lot of well-being issues that were highlighted to me at that point in time and I was probably hiding the fact that I was unhappy 
with work and I didn't really have any direction in my life and I was in a relationship that wasn't going anywhere and and it sort of almost it was like somebody held a mirror up to me and that was when I thought wow this is really powerful and actually this could help a lot of people and obviously myself included I made a lot of changes I um broke up with my boyfriend pretty much immediately after after that happened um, and changed my career path and and everything so it had a really powerful impact on my life and so for since then for the past sort of 10 12 years or so I've been working with this uh, with this tool with this piece of science and um, working with people so helping them to understand these things uh, about themselves and now obviously going into a, a stage where I'm, I'm developing it into an online platform so that more people can can access it yeah. um, I'm really really trying to pull a lot of research out of what what the results show as well and, and I think that that's that that's the key area if you can start to understand more about well-being because it's we're very much a, it can be very perceptive and I think particularly a lot of companies are quite nervous of how they handle well-being and mental health because there's not a lot of measurability around it a lot of it's um, opinion and, and can be very subjective yeah. uh, and that's 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 my interest really so you, you, you. So you're, you're. On, are you really on that path to, of helping, helping people? Then, is that? Yes, I hope so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I'm wondering because we, you know, we often, we often have this where somebody who wants to, you know, it's, you know, some, you know, obviously we, we can have people who are business people who say businessmen and business people or whatever, and they say, oh. Um, that you know, we're here to help you. You know, here's a mop that will do this, <laughs> and then it will go around your house, and it will clean all, and that's to help you. Oh, in a sense, obviously, that's that's business, and they're making making you know making money. But I'm kind of because you're obviously on this path to help people, and I'm just wondering where did that come from? Is it some? Have you always wanted it from a child, or you know, have you been this person that's you know thought, oh, you know what, I'd, I'd like to be in the field of where I'm helping you, helping. Them. What was your you know what what did you want to do when you were growing up in a sense um well i think i w- i wanted to be an actress when i was growing up um so i was really into sort of theater and music and um i was quite probably probably more outgoing than i am now um and I think, you know, to, to get into any sort of industry like that, first of all, you've got to be very talented and you've also got to have very thick skin and cope with a lot of rejection. And yeah. and I, I I just kind of, I guess I lost my way a bit and tried all sorts of different things. You know, I've probably done so many jobs that are just anything from working in McDonald's to running a bar to selling telephone systems all sorts really and then um but I would say that I've always been a pretty good agony aunt to people I I think I've always been quite a somebody that people can turn to if they just want somebody to think logically and practically and and give good advice um so I do think I've always had that in me um 
up until recently, most of the work that I've been doing with the, with the, the tool has been uh, almost face-to-face. So I take people through their results. I help them to understand what the results are saying. Uh, and that gives them the self-reflection that they need quite often to go and make changes in their life. Yeah. I wouldn't describe myself as a coach. I'm, I'm not a qualified coach. Uh, although my, my dad is a performance coach, so I've sort of grown up with it. Yeah probably grew up in the back of a classroom on the school holidays thinking that I wasn't listening and but actually it was all sinking in um so I've probably got a bit of that natural coaching yeah yeah see and I, I think that's where like you're saying where a lot of it's coming from and so you said you've had like a few downs and and your life and yeah. and you've managed to you know you say you know you managed to kind of get through those what 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 sort of coping strategies as you have to get through your um, those yeah. tragedies and things like that? So I think it might actually be most relevant to talk about the most recent, which yeah. is which is everything that's going on right now. Yeah. Um, I know you've had other guests talk about the current situation with coronavirus and how, and how they might have coped, but yeah. I definitely think there was an initial big sense of, of panic. Um, I'm not somebody who's ever had panic attacks as such, but I definitely started to feel, I don't know if anybody else uh, has probably felt like this as well, when when the news really started to pick up and it really looked like we were about to go into lockdown and we were hearing about other countries going into lockdown, I felt like I had such a tight chest. I wasn't sure if it was anxiety or if it was actually the symptoms of the virus. And it was almost trying to find a sense of calm to say what is going on internally with me right now and what do I need to do to support myself? Um, I'd actually spent, so the week before we went into lockdown, I'd spent some time on a a business retreat with some uh, women that I know and two of them had come from other countries one had come over from Germany and one from the Netherlands and I think they were further ahead than us and sort of they were almost like the the warning of what was to come in terms of telling and actually halfway through the retreat one of them had to leave to get back to Germany before the the lockdown started and it really almost filled me with a bit of sense of dread to be honest and then I I came home and I was trying to discuss with my partner look I I think this is really serious and I think things are going to get really tough and I think we need to think about how we're going to prepare for this and he didn't take it as seriously and that was a big struggle after so I I actually called a I said I I think we need to call a team meeting because I need to tell you how I'm feeling right now and we need to figure out what we're going to do. So we had a team meeting and I I sort of expressed what I thought was gonna happen. And to be honest, he hadn't really watched the news. His work was carrying on more or less at normal at that stage. So no wonder he didn't feel this dread that I did. Um, But yeah, so I did find it very overwhelming. I'm sure everybody can remember those first sort of week perhaps where it was ramping up and it was just very scary. The panic buying was happening. You know, you couldn't buy loo roll for <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. Um, and and I guess when you're in that stage, you can't really see the end of it. You can't think, well, it might be better in a week because you don't know. Yeah. Um, 
And I think one of the most difficult things is when you can't control the situation. And the only thing you can really control is yourself. So for me, it was trying to stop. And I know we we talked about this before we started recording, but I really reduced my news consumption. Because for the first few days, and I'm not somebody that generally watches the news. I think... um, I can't remember the exact stats, but I think if you watch six minutes of news in the morning, it's proven to make you reflect on the entire day as being a worse day than if you didn't watch the news. Right, that's interesting. I heard that. I heard that probably on a podcast, and I found that fascinating. And I, but I was just watching the news all day. I couldn't get in. I couldn't absorb enough. Yeah. But I, I don't know about you. Yeah. And it was really not helping. Um, so I said, right, so I'm going to put some sort of rules in place for myself. And one of those was to only watch the daily updates, which we, they were doing at about 5 p.m. over here. Um, and that was all. And I was going to reduce my social media consumption. And then for me, it was about putting plans in place. And obviously running a business was looking at financials and really getting a big piece of paper out and looking at what's the worst case scenario, what can I control? What can't I control? Um, and that definitely put me in a better frame of mind for the next week yeah, so for moving forward. So yours, your your kind of coping mechanism was um, maybe turning to others like for help and just to, yeah. to, to maybe open up and talk and also putting a, a plan in place. Do you do you feel that you know you know your things that have happened in the past? have kind of helped you kind of to help make you stronger to kind of deal with this situation as well yes definitely I don't I think in the past I was never somebody who would turn to processes and structure and plans as a source of comfort but it's funny how they they really do help I think in times like this and even things like trying to still get out of bed as if it was a normal working day and um keeping obviously exercise you know it's well known that exercise and and getting some fresh air is going to help with your mental health and your well-being and we were really lucky to have such good weather over here uh, which was obviously difficult in terms of the lockdown and having to stay indoors but i think it definitely helped lift mood as well it's funny because people Um, used to people used to kind of there's not this thing saying when people say mind, body, and spirit, and, you, and you're right. When you, you know your mind and body and spirit, you, you, you're exercising kind of helps, helps lift your spirit and and lifts your mood, um, and they're all connected. It's not this separate thing. Your head's there, and you know the physical there, and, and the mental's there. It's, we're, we're all connected. So mm. when your um, partner then did your partner ever panic, and were you able to then kind of help help them? I actually, so I'll, I'll tell you this, he'll listen back, back to this and say, oh, I can't believe you said that, but <laughs> I actually feel like he was fine at the time. I feel like he's more worried now, and he is definitely coming at this from a very uh, kind of big picture, look at what's going on. Um, and I would say that he's, I actually woke up this morning and he was watching the news first thing this morning, which right. is not not common. And he's saying a lot to me about 
and society and what is going to happen to this industry and what's going to happen to this industry and he's thinking about it in quite a different way I think most people's automatic is to think about themselves and their immediate surroundings and their family Um, so it's quite it's funny and I actually said to him yesterday are you okay because I do feel like you're talking about things potentially worrying yourself about things that actually you you don't have any control of and I and it's okay to talk about them but do you need a bit of a check-in in terms of I don't know yeah. is this starting to impact you a, li- a little bit because it's it I felt like he was talking about it quite a lot um, and potentially starting to worry about what was happening yeah. in the you know in the outer world and what was what was his reaction to that because obviously then you've you've kind of been you've we've all we all go through different things traumas and stuff and things mm. make us stronger or weaker or whatever but when it comes to something like this you've you've kind of you've kind of been through that kind of panic bit and even if you there is a bit of anxiety now or whenever next week you've still kind of been you've been through that so you're able to sort of like give him um you know advice what's what was his mm. what was what was his thinking what's his been his thinking and reasoning since um has he has he, has he accepted you as is, is it accepted, not you but accepted the advice or you know, I'm yes, the reason why I'm looking at the reason why I'm saying this is because obviously I'm thinking of you know men, women we deal with <laughs> things differently, and you 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 know well-being and 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 mindfulness and all that sort of stuff. We you know um, so that's probably I'm just wondering if that's what, where he was coming from in terms of yeah and I definitely think it was me trying to sort of pick up from him if there was something niggling underneath yeah. the surface um, what I would say and apologies for, for, any, for anyone else that takes offence to this he is Welsh so Welsh people I find are very very talkative and so he does sometimes talk um, he will have to talk through an idea or a thought a lot um and i think that's just the nature i know when i'm around his family it's it's um you know they're very very talkative so i know that that's a natural in that that that's just natural in him um and perhaps not not all men are naturally like that um but yes he was talking about it to the stage where i thought is there a little something going on under the surface here and i'll just check in with him and make sure that is he okay? Is there anything that he's worried about? Is and just almost, I think sometimes it helps for somebody to say to you. And I had someone say to me once, "The reason why you're struggling with this situation is because you can't control it," and that stuck with me. Um, and and so that's what I felt like I had to say to him. Yeah, yeah. So you become, yeah, you you kind of take on that role of of, of in fact, what you've been doing and what you are doing in, in your in your career and what you've learned coping mechanisms so for for you you you've 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 gone through different stages you you know you worked in this area and that area um and then you you obviously had a moment where this you you wanted to to be in the work that you're doing now can you tell us a bit more about what you do the research and 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 what are some of the things that you're finding out in terms of well-being yeah so 
So the the tool, um, the self awareness tool, it's it's called the Hartman Value Profile. It was it was created back in the seventies. <clears throat> Um, by Dr. Robert Hartman and he was Nobel Prize nominated and it's used by a lot of businesses and um, a lot of people use it and how I've used it over the past 10 years has been more consultative so people will will use the tool and you will explain their results to them and help them come to some some awareness around uh, their their behaviours and what we sometimes call value based behaviours so value something you tend to be better at it and I think how that applies to well-being is if you value yourself you tend to be better at looking after yourself I think that's a a, just a nice simple way of of putting it into a bit of a nutshell really yeah um but I've always been very conscious that you can only you can only ever work with so many people at one time and it's you know it's how could in this world of technology how can this be firstly put online um and secondly how can more research be done off the back of it and that's always been as i've been using this tool i have a lot of things that i've noticed are more from an observation perspective rather than we have these stats Although we have done quite a lot of research and we've done we've done research in well-being, but that's something that I really want to take to the next level. So we've looked at things like we've uh, we've looked at high performers in companies, so people who are very successful and what their sort of well-being looks like. And it, that's actually really interesting. Look, at particularly when you look at people who burn out yeah. or start to suffer with burnout. And so I guess something that I would share that could potentially be quite useful for people is that many people who are high performers in organisations, who work really hard, who identify strongly with their work, uh, they may also have a tendency to take on too much work uh, because they've got this motivation. And a common trait that we find is that these people don't always like to ask for help. Yeah. They want to do things for themselves and they actually might be very proficient problem solvers. So they're actually really good at getting on and doing things for themselves. And so therefore they might not want to ask for help. And then these things combined, if somebody doesn't have a good solid well-being, if they don't have a good foundation, that can start to lead to burnout because you're taking on too much. You know, you're not. (laughs) And it's, it's like a cocktail. Yeah. But what we found when we looked at high performers, the difference between the people who were the best high performers in organisations was that they did have good, solid well-being. So I sometimes describe this as the energy that they put into themselves was balanced with the energy that they were putting out externally to work and other commitments. And so why is it that they were actually getting the best results? And I think it's because they have this foundation of, of well-being. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's quite interesting because I think a lot of people, um, and I know, again, we, we talked about this briefly before we started recording, but um, more people are suffering with burnout. A lot of people, we've got this always-on culture where people are emailing late into the night or, you know, the work is demanding more of them. But actually, how can they balance this with their own well-being? Because they'll actually get better results. Yeah. 
And do you find that then this comes about where there's not, in a sense, there's not enough time? Do you find that then there's, in terms of your, in terms of what you might then progress to finding out is that there's not enough time for them to kind of work on their themselves. So if it comes to that, for instance, I'll say, like you said, if somebody's working so, you know, I mean, we've become a fast-paced society. I mean, it really has become a fast-paced oh. society. Um, mass consumerization and things like that. And, you know, people work into, you know, to all hours. Some, you know, some jobs are, you know, almost 24 hours now. And then, yeah. and then they had the, you know, that thing years ago in, in UK where um, extended it for six days a week, and then they were looking at extending it to seven days. You know, some, you know, some workplace seven days a week, and people then, you know, you're having to email and blah blah. The weekends. Uh-huh. Do you find then that your research would take you then into the fact that oh, well, somebody might come to you and say, well, I don't find, I don't have enough time. I don't know the time. I'm, uh-huh. I'm not having enough time to work on my. Where do I fit? Where do I felt fit my well-being in? And then what happens is it leads to a uh, a breakdown, like you say, a, a mass burnout. So it's it's about striking a balance. And where do we where do where do we where do we strike that balance? Yeah, I think sometimes it's that realization that people, like I said, not everybody is very self-aware, and sometimes it does take that mirror to be held up in front of you to make you see. Wow, actually. I don't take any time for myself, and I had a I had an incident with a um, with a company a little while ago, and somebody, uh, a man who was very high up in the organisation, um, with a lot of responsibility, and he had a what what I like to call great great uh, external capacity. So he's a very fast problem solver. He was awesome with people. He could get through tasks. He he was just a great performer, but then the parts that related to all of his well-being were just terrible, is the, is the most accurate way of describing it. And he looked at it and he just said, oh my gosh. And he said, this couldn't be, the, these two sides of me couldn't be more different. I give everything to work. I'm on it at work 24-7 and I do absolutely nothing that's for myself. And he, and for him, it was that huge realization of, wow, can I sustain this? Probably not. <laughs> All the research would say not. Um, so it was, it was almost like I need to press the reset button. What can I do? And that can be anything from looking after yourself in terms of a holistic way of finding things that fulfill you outside of work. And, and I think a lot of people would would probably say that they don't do a lot that is just for them they might do things that are for their kids for their families etc but what do they do that is purely for them for themselves that matters to them and then it's working on things like um, self-criticism is is a real uh, something that we see a lot uh, with people that, that and I don't know whether this is a a British thing sometimes I don't have stats to hand from other countries to be able to compare but um, that tendency to be very self-critical yeah. and we again we can often see this in high performers people who are you know really really working really hard can be they can have all these things like negative perfectionism they can yeah, be really tough on themselves yeah, perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then that then can often drive negative self-esteem um 
Although the one thing that I would say, and I, I don't have data on this, so this is purely my observation of working with people, is that I find that uh, equally men and women can both be very self-critical, but I would find that it tends to impact self-esteem more in women than men, which is something that I'd like to explore further at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, but yes, men can definitely be very self-critical as as self-critical <laughs> as yeah. women, and um, and yeah, how do, how does that then impact? Yeah, well, that's that's you know, like you say, there's a lot of um, things to think about there, and um, and it all can't come down to the same thing to do with um, impacting our lives, not just at work but at home as well, and also this uh-huh. thing, this thing to do with people being high you know high powered or high you know highly driven and they they're very self-critical and sometimes the for those people if something goes wrong the fall is a lot there's a there's a bigger impact when there's a fall Mm -hmm. um particularly on the mental health um you know like you say the burnout could be you know far worse or uh, on those people because they're so driven that anything that knocks them off the that perch or so are you mm-hmm. are you finding it since this this um since this since we've had this virus and you know what's yeah what's happening it's pandemic or whatever you want to call it um are you finding that because there's a lot of people now who may be high, you know people who have been in work or people who are high powered or who people just general the general public are you finding that a lot of them um, may there may be a struggle now because they're not doing anything or they're not doing as much as they would be if they were um if, if this virus wasn't here yes i think there's there's two things on this i think there's definitely a large portion of people who are trying to work from home and they're trying to maintain that uh productivity that they had but now they're at home they might be looking after kids they might have um you know a partner that needs support as well and therefore they can't maintain that productivity level and and I think that can be a real struggle uh for people particularly if they're not used to being in the home environment Um, and then I think there's probably people who have been furloughed or people who are who are not working at the moment who are used to being very busy. Um, and I definitely say my, my partner's one of them who is probably struggling with boredom, not actually not being able to do anything. Um, so what do you do? <laughs> and and so I think there's 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 both sides to that. Uh, I saw a company. Uh, posts on Twitter actually this morning saying that they're going to a four-day work week they're going to experiment with a four-day work week because they just feel like the impact that this is having on people's well-being they want to give their employees an extra day to be able to do what they need to do you know going to the supermarket is taking a lot longer having children around I can imagine would be (laughs) quite quite stressful I don't have children myself so um so it's factoring that and and that's I think that's a great approach from a company but I appreciate not everybody's getting that yeah. type of support from their employer yeah I'll just I'll just add that children are a joy they're a joy to be <laughs> no they are they are I, I, love, I love them I think they're brilliant um yeah um yeah I do I really do love children I think they're brilliant um so when we 
And what you said there, I, I saw something, maybe it was, I, I saw something on Twitter, maybe, gosh, before this, before this, I'm sure it was a couple of weeks before this thing kicked in. And basically there was a, it might have been, I can't remember, it might have been, there was a couple of ladies on, basically it was just like a snippet, and I, because I don't, I don't watch British TV or anything like that, but it's a snippet of, oh. I'm sure it was on one of the good, yeah, I think it might have been Piers Morgan show or whatever. And it was some women that were speaking about going to a four-day working week. And she was saying exactly uh-huh. the same thing what you just said, that for a lot of people, five and six-day working week is, is too much. And, it, and it, you'd get better productivity if you went for a four-day working week because then the people will feel more refreshed going back the day when they have to go back to work. If you see mm-hmm. what I mean, um, rather than someone working five days or six days, only having one day off, and then there's there's no chance for them to, like you like you're saying, have any sort of sense of well-being, any sense of um, looking after themselves. You know, who can look after themselves for one in one day, or look help look after the family. Um, so maybe they were saying actually they were saying it was like a three of you know. A longer, a longer weekend in a sense, a four-day working uh-huh. week, and so there's a long, so it gives it gives you an opportunity for your body to and your mind to relax and rest, ready to go back for the next day working yes. week. Um, and there was a discussion about it and some argument. So um, you know, I didn't catch the whole show, but it was just like a snippet. But that was interesting that you've said that, and that somebody's actually saying that they're going to do that. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, I, I don't know um, about you, Andy, but I know that when when this first happened, I just found getting through the day and getting quality work done. And in a way, you think you you have less distractions. You know, I don't have clients contacting me as much. I don't have to be going out to nip here or there. You know, I can't even go to the gym or you know th- things that normally kind of just naturally get in your way during a day. Yeah, I didn't have any of those, and yet. I found that I was working slower, I couldn't think as clearly, I wasn't thinking creatively, and I couldn't focus. And and I, th- I think it would be hard to find somebody who hasn't been affected in su- by some low-level anxiety through this time. Yeah. And I think you have to appreciate what anxiety and what stress and pressure does to, to you or does to any person and, and obviously it will be in different ways and different levels but I think if you find yourself not being able to focus as easily if you find yourself being um, distracted and, and find that you're just not as quick as you normally are then give yourself a bit of a break because I think that that's normal it's the new normal <laughs> right yeah. now yeah. um so ha- what can you do then to support yourself and like going back to what I said about processes for me it's been about trying to think okay and, and that first probably that first two weeks when all of this was really sort of kicking off just trying to find an hour just a day an hour in the morning or an hour in the afternoon to get some quality work done was a win for me <laughs> at the time yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's gone up from there but I think you know we do need to be thinking about how we're looking after ourselves during this time yeah and and I'm, I'm you know I'm just listening to you there and I'm thinking to to myself like you know like I've done from the beginning of this is that 
will 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 are people still going to go back to the, the same thing pattern of working and like you said there's there's quite a few people acknowledging that um we are we are moving too fast um things are going too fast we you know we're struggling mm. with our you know our health and our well-being you know something which was really unheard of years ago um you know it's it's starting to you know mental health and and well-being um, practices and things like that are, are starting to come forward more there's more of it now um in different workplaces in in, in the police in the army whereas it didn't mm-hmm. exist before so i don't think it's a question of people uh, uh not as not as strong i just think that we've we've become a society of singular and also there's just too we've just been bombarded with too much working too hard too hard too much and mm-hmm. i think i think what you're saying there as well as what you said there is that for some of the people who have who are working you know constantly and and perfectionism and all that sort of stuff, this may be really hard for them at this moment in time um because they're not in the office they're not um you know they're not making phone calls they're not doing this and there's not as much as it maybe you know for a lot of them they will they make this make this time maybe a, a maybe a big struggle and they may need help um uh-huh. at this time or later on with their mental health um so yeah so i think it's very important so what's your what's your you know in a say say a typical day what's your typical day like um or what's it been like in terms of your business um recently or oh, just before before this before before um typical day so i'm still working um as a consultant and i'm still uh using science face to face with people so i've got clients that i do that with um my typical day i get up quite early i tend to start work quite early when it's quiet yeah. as well uh before people are calling and emailing <laughs> like yeah. to get things uh get things done and then um so and at the same time so I'm I'm I've been in a bit of a funny place at the moment where I've been I've had two hats on so I've got the hat on the of of my consulting role and I've also had my hat on of the the new product the new platform that we're building yeah so uh a lot of tech and a lot of thinking about how the platform's going to work how are people going to receive their results how are they going to help to be understood what what supports is given to them after that uh you know and it's not all it's not all um necessarily support sometimes it's about saying to people wow that you you've got a great uh great result for a certain well-being area and actually you might be able to support other people because you do so well in this area um so we've so my typical day would be well probably a bit of both <laughs> so some working on the platform some working with clients um always try and get out where possible um i go to i should have said this at the beginning but i go to a uh, crossfit gym in in putney which i think is probably the uh the, the pride of putney <laughs> <laughs> the crossfit gym there <laughs> and um that always helps because it takes me away and it also puts me around people as well because i'm quite often working from home on my own so quite nice to get out there and speak to people have somebody say how are you can really make a difference in the day yeah. um 
So yeah, and we're just, we're getting ready to launch, well, we're still on the same plan that we were before all of this happened in terms of getting ready to launch the platform. Mm. Um, I'd probably say that the lockdown has helped us in a way because uh, we've just been able to really focus and and get more done to, to get it ready. Yeah, and I was going you know, to say that to you about, um, where, where do you see um, your, you know, in terms of the business, because a few people, I remember at the beginning of this, everyone was saying, oh yeah, everyone, everything's going to turn to, um, everything's going to be, everything's going to be online now and that's it and blah, 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 and we're all going to be indoors. Um, but reality of it is, we're not, we're, we're not going to be all yeah. indoors after this. We're not going to be, you know, people want to get out, like you said, you're getting out there. Um, we're not going to be at our, sat, at our, sat at our computer desk because, the stats show that if you know you can't you cannot be sat on your computer for you know how many hours so we mm. we, we, we like to connect we like to be human and we like to um go to the beach or you know go to the park for a walk and walk past someone and see other humans do you see your platform and your business being a mixture of online and face to face oh um I think, I mean, I'm lucky that that is what I'm doing at the moment. And I think as much as a lot of what I do is either online or over the phone, there's nothing like being in front of somebody Mm. and or being in front of a team, particularly, because I tend to work with businesses and and being able to um, see their reaction and feel their reaction and and be able to understand that and, and... so I'm not sure. Uh, the platform that we're building is is a purely online platform, but I I'm I wouldn't say that there's never an opportunity for more face to face further down the line, whether that's workshops or um, potentially one to one work. Um, but I do think that human I do think that human I think everybody's probably feeling this right now. Particularly, I know I have some friends that are on their own, so they're. You know, they spent the past six weeks or, or how many weeks um, completely alone, and probably the only hum, human interaction they're getting is in the supermarket. Yeah. And I think that 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 is important. That that's definitely what I found from being somebody who generally is working at home quite a lot. Uh, joining a CrossFit gym, which is very much about community, it gave me something that I didn't really realise that was missing. Human connection, mm. definitely a human connection. So, mm. um, you know, I like to, you know, where, where can you be found? What, what's your platform going to be called? If you've, if you've got any, where can you be found? What social media? What, yeah. You know, kind of. Um, so I'm. Thanks, Andy. I'm, I'm socially called across um, most social media, LinkedIn and, and Instagram, and all of those. Um, I do post a lot on Instagram about building a business and particularly a well-being business. So I've been talking a lot about well-being on on Instagram, um, particularly at this time, <laughs> and helping people with tips on how to work from home, yeah. being experienced at that. Um, the platform is called fiddleleaf.com, which is F-I-D-L-L-E-A-F. Uh, it's named after a, a plant which is notoriously difficult to look after, uh, which can be the same can be said for people. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and we've also got a, a guide for well-being, which is a free download on the website as well, and that's aimed at companies who are perhaps 
you know, particularly, I think a lot of companies are going to be reviewing their well-being policies and how they support their teams after this. Yeah. And uh, it gives just some really good ideas. No yoga and no, not that I have anything against yoga, but I think most well-being initiatives that companies put together involve yoga yeah, and no. okay. free beer on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> Uh, and this is thinking a little bit more uh, holistically and outside the box than, than just those things. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reason why I asked you about um, the, the, the combination of, of face-to-face and, and things, because I know from and being in, educa- in, in education and working with young people, children, adults, is that um, even through this even I, mean, I think this this pandemic or what, again whatever you want to call it has has um, mm. opened people's eyes and, and made people realise that even even when I you know I get, you know, get messages from children saying you know I can't wait to get back to school I can't wait to get back and the, the tide uh-huh. of this and the sick of this so we sometimes we look we've got to look at kids and think we, we look at what they're saying as as kind of like a forward to us as adults um, that we do need that kind of human connection so oh. thank you for coming on and talking about everything thank you, you for do. having me um it's been it's been great and um you know it's fascinating insight into you know you want to do more research and um uh, you know if you can if you can come up with you know to talk about different aspects of your research and it'd be good to get you back on again so it's good, maybe oh yeah back. i'd love to have some good stats to share with you that yes. would be great yeah that would be brilliant if you can you can contact me and, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the stats because I'm, I'm interested in in research and things like that and some oh. of the things that you'll be coming out with and holistic approaches and well-being so thank you for coming on thank you Andy that thank was, you very much <laughs> that was Men Are Nuts speak to you soon <laughs>